This is Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, which is part of the Replicate Podcast Network. It is a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. Here is your host, Colin Wood. Thank you for joining us today on the Making Disciples podcast with Robbie Gallaty. My name's Colin Wood. We're glad that you're here today. Last week, we started talking uh, about our collective, our Replicate Collective, and specifically a live event that we had. Um, we meet once a week in huddle groups, and then we have a monthly expert interview that you do, Pastor. But this was the first time we'd ever met a lot of these guys in person, and yeah. it was amazing. And we teased at the end of the last episode that you gave a talk that um, meant so much to not just the guys that were there, but to me personally, and I hear you all the time. It, it was very personal, very helpful. Um, but man, we heard from pastor after pastor, leader after leader that was here of how encouraging and challenging at the same time that talk was. And so I think there are listeners that could benefit from that talk as well. Would you mind just sharing what God was uh, saying to you and led you to share with us? Yeah. So as I was praying about what do you share with 60 plus pastors Pre or mid COVID, I would say post COVID, but mid COVID still, <clears throat> new world we live in, challenges, stressors, social media influences. And the Lord just put in my heart uh, a, a, an idea of how do you keep the fire burning in ministry? Mm, and whether you're good. a lay minister or a full time vocational minister, or, or we're all in ministry, how do you keep the fire b- burning? How do you stay fresh? Uh, at the end of your ministry as you were at the beginning of your ministry. And basically, I just talked about this concept of dailiness. Now, uh, the scripture I use, which we won't unpack, was First Timothy 4, 7, when Paul said it has not, have nothing to do with silly, irreverent myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. Hmm. And what he's saying, that it has not only profit or value in this life, but for the life to come. So if there's one thing you can invest in, then not only will you see results today, but tomorrow it's godliness. And so what I talked about is in order to see godliness, there has to be dailiness, okay? We are the sum total, and I think you would agree if you're listening, we are the sum total of our habits. Mm -hmm. So the habits we do on a daily basis create the person we are, the environment we live in, the outcome of our life, our future. Basically, the things we do every day determines our future. And here's the line I shared with the guys, and that is, if you want to create a sacred space, Mm -hmm. you have to have a specific time and place. Mm -hmm. Let me say that again. I want you to understand what I'm saying. In order to create a sacred place with God. Now, Obviously, <clears throat> God's everywhere. I get that. But in order to create a sacred, set-apart place where you and God meet with an appointment every day, it has to be a specific time and place, meaning has to be a time every day at the same time, normally same place. It sounds like you are differentiating between um, unintentional habits and intentional habits. Because as you were talking about us being the sum total of our habits— I thought, man, there are a lot of things I do every day that I don't even, they're not intentional. Like no, that's I, a good I, point. I stop at coffee, at the same coffee shop every morning. 
I don't think about it. I'm like, man, I, I got to go get – I don't even think about it. I just go to the point where this morning they were so – she saw me walk in, started making my coffee, and said, Colin, it's ready. And wow. they were so busy they couldn't ring me up and just said, "Get you'll get it next time. And I wow. thought, okay, I come here a lot. That's a, that's a routine <laughs> habit, yes. But you're talking about being – intentional with okay let me tell you a perfect coffee story since we're going down the coffee a routine habit so candy comes to me and says i want to uh cut down i'm working out but i I just feel like i want to cut down some more weight i don't know why she wants to cut down weight but candy gets in these routines where she's i want to cut some weight i said okay what are you going to do she said i'm going to cut out one main thing i'm gonna cut out a couple of things one main thing and the main thing was coffee and now, coffee. now the problem with the coffee was when she would make a coffee run in the afternoon after uh-huh. getting the boys or uh, on a Saturday, I would be the beneficiary of it. And I have no problem drinking a venti caramel latte extra hot. I mean, I have no problem drinking that. I want to drink it every day. It kind of gets me going through the day. Yeah. She would drink a cafe brevet with vanilla, with, by the way, six pumps of vanilla, which could be the problem. Yeah, it's not uh, the coffee. Six pumps of vanilla in the cafe brevet. Well, she said, if I cut out the cafe brevet with the six pumps of vanilla, uh-huh. I think I'll uh, cut back on pounds. And obviously she did. She came after the first week. And she said, I've lost some weight. She thinks it's the coffee. I'm like, you sure you can't drink like a sugar-free option for both of us, you know, because now I I suffer. But here's a perfect example. That habitual act Uh every day without thinking, Mm -hmm. in her mind, created something, a lifestyle she was not happy with. Mm. Just like you're saying. So you think of every habit in your day, Mm -hmm. either the omission of or the practice of, and mm-hmm. that creates the life you have. If you want to change your future, if you want to change your present, change your habit. Mm-hmm. Here's what dailiness means. Here's a great definition. Dailiness is where the sacred meets the routine. Mm. Okay. Now you're probably saying, what are you talking about? Where do you get that? The Bible's replete with ideas about this. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about Second Corinthians 4.16 is a perfect example. Therefore, do not give up. Even though the outer man is being wasted away or destroyed, our inner person is being renewed every day. You see it right mm-hmm. there. Jesus mm-hmm. said, give us this day in the Lord's Prayer our daily, daily bread. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, God is, this is an interesting concept, and I want you to follow me for a moment. When God chooses a nation, mm-hmm. okay, what God gives to them, you got to understand this, the greatest preparation for the promised land. God takes them out of bondage. They've been 400 years in captivity. Mm-hmm. It's hard for us to imagine 400 years. Uh, yeah. I mean, think about four, you know. Our country's only 200. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, right? more than that. 300, huh? No. 1776? Okay. Maybe 200. <laughs> no. Yeah, 200 and something. Yeah, 250. Right? You and I are bicentennial babies. Yeah, no, it's 246 to be exact. Okay. <laughs> That's true. We are bicentennial babies. Okay, 246. Okay, but yeah, you're right. So 400 years. They don't know what it's like to not be in slavery. Yeah, no. God, ha- I tell people, when God brings them to Egypt, it's not just that he has to get them out of Egypt. Mm-hmm. He's got to get Egypt out of them. Mm. Okay. It is ingrained in the DNA and the culture. So God's preparation for the promised land. You ready for this? God's greatest gift to the nation of Israel was a calendar and a rule book. <laughs> think about that. Wow. That's what, that was his gift. The gift is, here's a rule book, or, and, and for us, we think rule book is bad. For them, it was a good thing. It gave life. The Torah gave life to them. Here's some parameters. If you live by, you're going to be blessed. 
I'm the creator of the universe. I set the rules. You follow the rules, you're blessed. That's basically how it works. Yeah. Here's the calendar. You, you, you abide by the calendar and your life's going to go well. So the calendar was this dailiness, this mm-hmm. routine. Okay. So what was the calendar? Every day you're going to follow a cloud and every night you're going to follow a fire. Mm-hmm. If you do that consistently, you'll live. Mm. Uh, you're going to worship at a temple periodically or a tabernacle back mm-hmm. then. You're going to follow a calendar yearly. Here, here's seven festivals, follow it yearly. By the way, every week you're going to rest. Mm-hmm. One day a week, you're going to rest periodically. And then finally, you're going to gather food and manna daily. Mm. Now, you don't have to, but if you want to live, you're going to have to do it. So God set up this. Doesn't it even talk about some of them gathered more than they needed and it was rotten and full of worms? The well, yeah, well, what they try to do is follow their own plan. R- right. Yeah, you could right. do your day planner. But that's a disaster. Yeah. Okay. So God get, God's gift to the nation, it's interesting, is a day planner. <laughs> he said, here's the plan. If you follow the plan, you'll live. Now, here's the question I've thought. Why in the world does God allow them to wander for 40 years? You know, many say it was a four to six month journey. It was a simple walking journey across the wilderness mm. to the promised land. They could have gotten there four to six months, but it took 40 years. Why would God not give them milk and honey? Why would he not just put them in a place that as was flowing with yeah, trees and dates and, and prosperous living? Why would God not do that, Colin? Think about that. Uh, maybe it took that long to get Egypt out of them. Mm. I like where you're going. How about we talk about when we come back? You think about it over the break. <laughs> yeah, what- And I want to find out how this uh, ritualistic way of living, this scheduled out way of living for the children of Israel, what does that matter for us today, and what can we learn from that? After the break, we'll talk about it. Are you struggling with the fatigue of ministry post-COVID? Have you experienced some fruit but hit a plateau in your life or even your church? Could you benefit from a group of like-minded leaders who can help you achieve your God-given potential? Being a church leader is more challenging today than it has ever been. And the pandemic hasn't made it any easier to lead. We now have a whole new set of problems to deal with as church leaders that will require new solutions. With this in mind, we developed the Replicate Collective. This is a close-knit group of church leaders who want to help you and your church unleash your God-given potential. Members of the Collective will interact with premier church leaders, men like Will Mancini, David Platt, Pete Scazzaro, and many others. Members of the collective create catalytic clarity for their church and personal lives. They participate in weekly huddles with like-minded church leaders. And you'll get personal coaching from me and the Replicate team. If you're interested in applying to join the collective or simply want to find out more, head over to replicatecollective.com. Replicatecollective.com. We have limited spots, so you want to check it out today. We're back from the break. We were just talking about how God set up this day planner, this calendar for the children of Israel to live by, and uh, felt pretty transactional. If you do this, you'll be blessed. If you do this, you'll be cursed. And pastor, as is my normal posture, I asked, okay, but what does that matter for us? <laughs> yes, you're yes. so helpful with me because I, or you're yeah. so gracious with me because I ask these questions all yeah. the time. Great but question. What does that have to do with us and this idea of dailiness? 
Yeah. Well, let's think about this. Why does God not allow you immediately to be the executive pastor of Long Hollow the first year out of seminary? Okay. That could have well, been bad. Yeah, well, let's let's go down that route. This is the this is the practical way to think of it. Why does God not allow me to become the pastor of Long Hollow right after getting off of drugs and alcohol? You know, I was a Christian, man. I had the Holy Spirit in me. I, I was learning the Bible. Yeah. Well, God knows something, and He's teaching the nation this. And remember, the nation is a mirror image of our life, so we're learning mm-hmm. from what they're learning themselves. The reason God doesn't transport them instantly to the promised land is because he has to teach them faithfulness. Hmm. Okay. He has to teach them dependence. He has to make them understand their need for God. In a sense, they need to understand how to pray. Give us this day, our daily bread in the wilderness. Let me say Mm -hmm. it this way. He had to teach them dependence when they had nothing. So they wouldn't forget him when they had everything. Hmm. Now, why is that practical today? I'm glad you asked. Because we live in a world today of the rise and fall of these mega leaders in the world. And I'm not here to throw stones at them because, guys, I I got on that ladder early on in ministry like a lot of people. You know, you go to school, you get a degree, Mm. you get a Ph.D. Why would I get a Ph.D.? Someone said every door would be open for you in ministry. And although I wasn't aspiring to be like the president of a convention, I thought, well, I don't want a door to be closed, so I'm going to go. And when I got out of seminary, I I felt the pressure of denominational success ladder climbing, meaning you just get on this ladder and you just climb the ladder, right? You need to be this guy and this assistant and this vice president and this president, and you need to speak in this conference and have this platform. There's always a bigger church. Always. And it's never enough. If you're on that ladder right now, this is my challenge to you. God, by his grace, through the two years of silence and solitude, showed me the the folly of that and by his grace i was able to get off the ladder before i got up too high on the rungs thank god i got off semi early someone told me one time colin the higher you climb a ladder there's no graceful way down Mm -mm. and this is why we see guys who basically create an infrastructure of online and platform and conference speaking and when they fall the very platform they created they thought would be the tower to promote them was the very thing that crumbled upon their head, right? But and you're not saying there's anything wrong with those things. No, I'm not saying we have social media and Right. I'm not know. saying there's anything wrong with with I, I'm not saying anything's wrong with building uh, I'm not saying anything's wrong with promoting something when it's not edifying you. Yeah. There's a fine line. I think part of it's motivation. Absolutely. Why are you building a platform? Is it to promote Jesus yeah. or is it to promote you? And for me, the line was, was very blurred. Mm-hmm. I could do a lot of things in the ministry and justify them for the cause of Robbie. I mean, justify them for the cause of Christ, but they really for, were the, for the cause of Robbie. And no one would really know that except for you. Nobody really And the Lord. That. No. So here's a couple of insights I've learned. I want to share them with you. Don't, if you find yourself on this tra- train or on this ladder, a couple of challenges. Don't let your charisma outpace your character. Mm, that's good. A lot of guys have charisma. You can speak effortlessly. Don't let it outpace your character. Don't mm. let your giftedness yeah. outpace your godliness. Mm, that's good. Right? Don't let the fanfare of other people overshadow your own faithfulness to God. Mm. At the end of the day, when God judges effectiveness in the ministry, it won't be how big your church is or how many people are following you on Twitter or Instagram. Mm. It will be on your faithfulness before God. The final one is, as I look at um, online 
promotion, online accounts, online posts. Sadly, and I saw this myself, I see a lot of boasting in self, Colin, and not of a lot of brokenness over sin. Mm. And the ministry for guys like us, it can become a seductive mistress, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, it could really, because you got all the accolades of being a pastor and reverend and doctor, whatever. And I've learned through the years, it's very easy to fall in love with the ministry of Jesus and out of love with the Jesus of your ministry at the same time. Wow. Okay. So what does all this mean? What this means is that the Bible becomes a tool and not a treasure. Mm-hmm. That it, there's no dailiness of spending time with God, dependence upon God, faithfulness to God. And what happens is you get to a place, and I know this for me, you start doing ministry for Jesus without mm-hmm. intimacy with Jesus. And that is a mm-hmm. dangerous place to be. And somebody listening right now saying, that's me. Yeah. I'm I, tired. I read the Bible to prepare a sermon, but not to edify my own soul. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, I write a blog post, I can quote it, I know it from seminary, and some of you are right there right now, and you're just tired, and you're burnt out, and I was thinking about this personally, one of the, one of the worst and greatest inventions of all time was the DVR. Do you remember the DVR when it first came out? The worst inventions? Yes. I love the DVR. I love the DVR, too. I'm just saying. It was one of the worst inventions for the Christian disciple-making life. Okay. Okay? You'll have to explain Yeah, let me explain why. So uh, you love the DVR, and I will say, Colin's the one who showed me for the first time, and never met anybody who'd done this for the first time, where Colin Wood would actually, he's a big Florida fan, as y'all know, he would record the Florida football games in their entirety if he wasn't home, if you yeah. weren't home. Yeah, we used to have a Saturday service. So That's true. That's why. I was wondering, why did he do this? Yes. Yeah. Somebody decided to start a Saturday service on him. <laughs> I think we both made that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I, think both, yeah I think we bored it. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it was you and I there. Yeah. Uh, so he would go home, and instead of picking up the game where it was or mm-hmm. you know, getting through the slow parts, you mm-hmm. told me you would sit down rewind it from the beginning and watch the DVR play all the way to the end. You never wanted to know the score and no one yeah. ever texted you, yeah. um, which I think is great. Now we have a friend who's a Kentucky fan and his family told him that uh, he's such a fanatical. I don't know if you know any of these fanatical Kentucky fans. I mean, that's a joke. Actually, I mean, we, we have to. Yes. We every know. Kentucky fan is fanatical. Is a Kentucky basketball fan not fanatical? I feel like we should sell him out. Okay, his name is Kevin Ezell. <laughs> Kevin Ezell. Anyone that knows him knows. Anyone knows Kevin is the fanatical is fanat- Kentucky fan. Which, you're right, there is no such thing as a Kentucky fan who's not fanatical. Right, it's kind of like Alabama fans. Oh, they're the worst. Yeah, well, yeah. We should probably not alienate some of our yeah, listeners. Yeah, but anyway, Kevin, Kevin's family came to him and said, listen, you're, you're scaring the kids. I mean, it's really <laughs> over. The, I mean, the way you go crazy at the game. And so Kevin, by his own admission, said what he did, he changed the entire approach to watching the games. He said he would record the game, never watch it live. Uh-huh. He would go back and go fast forward through the game, but before he would watch the game, which is interesting he would look at the score Uh if the score was a win for kentucky he would watch the game if they lost he would not watch the game so he knew going in that they won so he could rest assured you know so he would only watch winning games yeah tight game we're gonna come back we got this into the bag you know okay here's the problem with a dvr it's very convenient for watching movies but it's crippling for the christian life 
Because what happens to us is we become tempted to fast forward through the dailiness and the duties and the habits Mm. that build the life that God wants us to build. And what I mean is this. We're tempted when life gets boring to fast forward. Mm. We're tempted when life gets tough to reach for the remote. Mm. And you got to remember, suffering wandering, difficulty through the wilderness, that is God's mechanism for shaping us into the person he wants us to be. Now, what does this have to do yeah, with we us want, today? We want the results. We want the win without playing the game. Yes. Man. Okay. Here's what this has to do with us. You asked earlier. How do we become godly? Back to the beginning. First Timothy 4. Godliness is for this life and the life to come. How is dailiness and godliness intersect? How, how do they intersect? Here's how. You become godly by hanging out with God, okay? Wow, that's so simple and yet so profound at the same time. It's very profound and simple. Teenagers, if you have a teenager, which Mm -hmm. we do, if you have a teenager, you know teenagers are highly influenced by who they hang with. Mm -hmm. If your teenager's hanging with a bunch of guys who are skipping school and smoking pot, probably likely they're going to be smoking pot and skipping school. If your teenager hangs with people who love Jesus and are on fire for him, probably likely they're going to model that as well. So you are who you hang with. Yep. Whoever you hang with, you become. You become the, like them the way they talk, the way they act, the way they, the character they have. Okay. Now, why is this important? Let me ask you a question if you're listening. How much time do you hang with God? Because I feel like God, in some of your cases, God actually misses your company. Hmm. God loves to hang, by the way. He's a hanging God. He likes to hang out and I mean, spend goes, time with us. It goes back to the garden. Yeah, when it would talk back about to the garden. God back walking, to the tabernacle. He didn't have to with, hang in the tabernacle. Yeah. Put me in the middle. I want to be right in the middle of you guys. Put me right in the middle. Hmm. Build me a hotel right in the middle. God is a hanging God. And I feel like there are people right now who are saying, I miss the presence of God. Now, hmm. A dailiness practice, so dailiness consists of practices. The practice I taught the guys, which ended in the story we're going to end with and share with you with a guy in tears my age at the end, was I challenged the group for the next two days to commit while they were here to spend one hour when they wake up in silence and solitude with the Lord. No AirPods, no music playing, no distractions, uh, no iPads, just a Bible and a journal mm. and the Holy Spirit, right? Basically mm-hmm. just the, yeah, yeah. in silence. And I said, God's first language is silence. Everything he spoke out, out of was out of silence. Psalm 46, 10, be still and know that I'm God. No is an intimate, uh, special, personal, transparent, vulnerable intimacy. That's what no means. It's not knowledge. It's no. You're going to know. How do you know God? By being still. So I challenge them to do that. Okay. So I said, for two days, do this. Now, I didn't know if these guys had done silence and solitude before, but we were going to find out. So we get to the end of the, the, the retreat. And when I finished giving my talk on coming before God and being broken before him and praying for revival, it was a real emotional time, as we'd already said. And when I walked off the platform, the first guy that, that comes up to me was a guy around my age, maybe a little older. He has tears in his eyes, and he's the one who says, Pastor, I want to tell you something. This was life-changing for me. It was the best conference I've been to. I'm like, wow. It's a pretty bold statement. Yeah, because it wasn't, it wasn't really conference. even a conference. Yeah, it, was a, yeah. it was hanging and spending time and doing you know, silence and solitude and hanging with guys and learning from each other. And he said... 
I want you to know that I lost my dad in 2008. He said, I didn't realize since then I have been grieving my father. Hmm. Didn't even know. That's a pastor of a church now. Pretty you know, decent sized middle yeah. um, a church, a couple hundred people, pretty decent church. He says, I've been grieving the loss of my pastor, my dad, my father. He said, and I didn't know it. He said, and I decided for the first time in my ministry, and again, he's in his mid forties, first time in my ministry, I was going to try silence and solitude. He said, so what I did was I went uh, last night. He said, I did it at night. He said, and uh, I sat with the Lord and about 40 minutes in, I got nothing. And I told him, I said, most of the times I sit with the Lord, you, you don't have anything tangible that you can you know, point a finger at and say, this is God. Most of the time, it's just sitting in the presence of God, just being with God. He said, 40 minutes, I had nothing, nothing going on. I'm sitting there in silence. I'm thinking, is anything working? He said, and all of a sudden, I heard in my head these words, open your hands, palm up, and, uh, and put your hands out before me. And he said, so I turned my hands over, they were on my knees, turned my hands over, lifted them palm up, palm, both of the palms were up, and he said, I closed my eyes, and I had them closed, and he said, at that moment, I felt like the Lord had put his hands inside of my hands. Hmm. And he said, I felt like the Lord said to me, and he said, I heard in my head, I was listening, God said, it's going to be okay. Hmm. I'm with you. I'm not going to leave you. And he, and he's crying, he's telling me this, he's crying. Yeah. And he said, last night, I had an encounter with God like I've never had in my ministry. And he said, today, he said, this is why I'm crying. He mm-hmm. said, today was the first time since 2008 that I worshiped. Wow. Now, this is a pastor. This is a pastor. Mm-hmm. And he said, thank you. And I said, wow, it wasn't any any new gimmick. This wasn't uh, a manipulative tactic. This was creating an environment of dailiness Mm. where people can encounter the living God. Wouldn't you agree? And here's what I want to leave you with. Most people today, most Christians, most pastors have never really encountered the living God. Mm -hmm. And when you encounter God, God can do more in a moment than any man or woman can manufacture in a lifetime in a moment. Man, that's so good, Pastor. I feel like we could talk about this for a couple more hours. Uh, Let me just say this to those of you who are listening. Uh, Whether you're a pastor or a a church leader or not, I would encourage you to just try putting this this, um, discipline into practice, being with God, sitting in silence, solitude, by yourself, and just spending some time with the Lord. Uh, if it's not a daily habit for you, start out small. Just set aside 10 minutes, 15 minutes where you're sitting alone on your back porch or, or some, somewhere else. I think a pastor alluded to this idea that um, you need a place that you designate as the place where you go to meet uh, with God. But just try it. Sit with the Lord and see what happens. Hey, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. We're going to be taking a break for a little while. This is the end of this season, and so we'll be coming back in our next season in a couple months, and we've got some exciting plans uh, talking through uh, some things right now, but I'm already excited about what the Lord is going to do in the coming days. Hey, be praying for us. We'll be praying for you. Uh, and take this time on the break to go back and, and listen to some episodes that you haven't heard yet. 
and share the podcast with, with a friend or with someone that you think might benefit from our conversations with each other. Hope you're enjoying the podcast and have a great Thank you for joining us for this episode. Take a moment to subscribe and share this podcast. You can receive more free resources to help you make disciples in your home, group, or church by clicking the link in the show notes or visiting our website at replicate.org.